0: How would you turn The uh, just a couple notes. I, I, there's, there's, a wonderful book by, by, one of Rav Shach's grandson. He gives a lot of um, deos about Rav Shach uh, at the wedding. He, he said, he, he Rav Shach's advice to young uh, yeshiva bachrin who are engaged is that um, you should not miss your learning to go to weddings. Um, when you get to this phase in life, the potential might be out there to go to weddings every night or every other night and so on. Wait. There is a mitzvah going to a wedding. Do you know what the primary mitzvah of the wedding is? Being a samey of and a kala, specifically, which is done primarily at which point in the wedding. Dance. At the end, at the end, when the benching, simcha ma'ono present for the benching. There are people who are makpid not to get hana. There's an Indian halacha. There are leniencies, but there's an Indian halacha not to get benefit, not to get pleasure from the... Um, and therefore, not have those yummy looking hors d'oeuvres and such, unless you're going to be there for the Iker mitzvah, which is being the semikhah which means being present for the benching, which is at the very end, which you've noticed at a lot of weddings, suddenly nobody's around for that benching time. Anyway, all these are halachic issues. It's not it's not our focus right now. But um, in terms of going, a lot of time people go to the weddings. They know the don't know they know the mother of the bride. It's nice to make her feel good and so on. Father. Sister, the brother. A Shach said you, you have to really assess your learning. There's almost nothing more holy and sacred you have, to, you have to prioritize. He said. He cites when Rev. Aaron Cutler, the great uh, Rev. Cutler, from the founder of Lakewood Yeshiva and the uh, architect of much of American Judaism as it exists today, when he got married, he got married in a different town from his Yeshiva, only one Bakr went uh, from hundreds of students in the Yeshiva. And Rev. Aaron Cutler was choshu then, and only one Bakr went to his wedding. Um, when he got married himself, Rev. Shach, he missed Seder, his morning Seder, precisely one time. Uh, that was the actual day of the wedding. Um, the next day, his Chavrusah decided to take the morning off because, you know, what's the point? My Chavrusah's not coming in. And he got a, a loud knock on the door at five minutes after, you know, the, 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 the Seder time. of Shach came wondering, where were you? You weren't in the base Medrash. Wow. Um, <sighs> Yeah. So, okay, different attitudes. I'm not suggesting that everybody's going to do this. I'm giving you, um, let's say, an ideal to at least recognize that there are that priorities. What if you learn at the wedding to try to uh, Right. Try not to bump into your kala as you're, you know, you're, you're walking with your Gamara. and this is so Right? <laughs> Go ahead. I, heard, I know this is true that the day after your wedding, you don't have to a with um, no, that's a, that's based on a Mishnah in Brachos about what a Hassan is Potter from. Uh, he's technically and maran uh, Martin talks about this, he's technically Potter from mitzvahs because he's two he's Tarud mitzvah, Osigb Mitzvah maran uh, Martin Suka and hafei, Osig B mitzvah, Potter Minas, somebody who's busy in one mitzvah one what from other mitzvahs, but today none of that's practical because Sadly, Chazal all understand that our kavanah is weak to begin with anyway. The whole premise of that halacha is that your kavanah is not going to be good because you're going to be distracted on your other mitzvahs that you have to do on the wedding night, so you won't have proper kavanah and kriyashma uh, doing the same time. Since anyway today, our kavanah is relatively pathetic. To begin with, we're not potter just because we're, we're osik in another mitzvah. So that, that's a theoretical, uh, yeah, but not, not actual, but yeah. What's your kavanah? What is your Kavana Go ahead, ashaya. What's your Kavana supposed to be on the day of uh, your wedding? Well, it is like Yom Kippur. You fast. Um, you dab in the mincha, the nusa. Your thinking is, I'm starting my life over. The um, Chazal teach that a Hassan and a kala um, really get a fresh start. They're forgiven all of their sins, which is a really nice deal. Um, you're, you're ascending to a higher level. It's simultaneously a challenging level. And we talked about this briefly. you get got new responsibilities, new burdens. And with responsibilities and, co- and burdens, potentially comes greater mesh so that you should you should be daffening that you should be rising to this occasion. Um, the idea that now I'm going to fill all of my, you know, wild, you know, my greatest dreams of happiness and bliss and so on, is not a good Kavana to go into. You may. If you go in with low expectations in life, in general, in this area in particular, um, if you go in with low expectations, so you're, you're often pleasantly surprised. If you go in with unrealistic, inflated expectations, most people do, and most people wind up being disappointed by life. Knowing that you might, you might have better, more surprises than you might start thinking. Right, and so you can start playing all these mental games with this, with this exact thinking, and you drive yourself crazy. But your kavana should be just like on Arab Yom, Yom Kippur. I'm really trying to build myself up to start my life as a as a whole new person. Given everything that I have been and I've seen and I've done in my life heretofore, up until this point in my life, now I really have the all the resources that God has powerful planned for me to have on the eve of my wedding day. I'm going to get started. I'm going to do my best. You make resolutions. How am I going to be as a husband? What kind of person? It's a great time to learn. I have I have a, a, a very short. You can elaborate. I'm sure there are other great books out there. I'm not up on bibliography. I don't know what's out there in Jewish bookstores, or on, um, and I'm sure there's some great stuff. This is an old list. Um, but here's, here are some recommending, recommended items of learning. Um, first of all, I mentioned already, make sure your kala learns with a, a competent, qualified teacher of Taras Mishpacha. She can give other tips, and she should be there to answer her questions. Many, young, Most young people need these kinds of classes, need to have somebody who's who's seasoned and Torah knowledgeable to be able to answer their questions. But you need to go somebody who's gonna teach you the basic rudiments of Tarz Mishpacha. I'm thinking of one woman who's married to a certain liberal rabbi um, I mean, he's from, or identifies as from. Oh, he. No, the rabbi identifies as from, but his wife learns with. She's a Kala teacher, so she thinks. Um, what does she do? I mean, I know colleagues who've gone through this process with her. She doesn't talk much about Hilchos Taras Mishpacha, family purity laws. She, um, but she gives great cooking tips. She says always cook with lots of onions and garlic because then your, your your house will smell like you know you're a good cook all the time. Is it? We talk about that our lunch. You know, what kind of cook are you? Is it that's the end all. The all of marriage what and the collegeists come out not knowing the first thing about blood stains there's a there's a whole intricate area of ha it involves her, her menstrual cycle every month you're hey, what is it in the eggs oh hopefully not no no not those kinds of blood stains but the but but, you know, the, but I, I mentioned this before the Punishment for a couple who cohabit and when she is in need, whether he knows it or not, is kares. It's a really heavy-duty thing, right? And you're entirely in her hands on this matter because she's doing the checking. You're not, Baruch Hashem. Uh, you should know these things. You should know, and she sh- she should go. She should go and learn with a, with a, with a competent yura Yura shemayin, somebody who has who has adequate fear of heaven. Um, you should learn with somebody <coughs> yourself. Um, learn somebody who you can talk to, confide to. Some people have issues you want to talk to. Sometimes sometimes people need actual therapy. Um, I, I, we learned. I remember after, I, I, had, I, I had personal learning that I told you about yesterday. I think. And then I, we went to a couple of classes, like small. There were a few of us that became classanim together in my yeshiva. And afterwards, one of my friends, one of the not a good friend, um, asked me, who are you going to approach on um, birth control after you get married? Who, who are you going to ask Silas to? I said, approach that? You know, it's, it's, the issue hadn't come up in my mind. I don't know. Who am I going to approach that? He said, because I'm going to go to this rabbi. Actually, it was the same rabbi. It was the same rabbi, this in. it was the husband of this rabbi. And, and he said, know he's very makeable. He's going to be a head for birth control. And I, I, I thought this at the time. I, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't holding where I'm holding today. But even at the time, I, I knew enough to think. But unfortunately, I held my mouth. I knew enough to think that. Oh no, I'm Jewish. You know, we don't shop for shilas. You know, that's not the way. That's not intellectually honest. Come on, what is this? You know, he's going to be a kula from the outside. I don't know if you know this. Marriage. Look up in the pages of the Shulchan Aruch Neveh Marriage means children. You get married and you ask yourself, "Am I ready for marriage?" That means you doesn't mean you automatically will have children. Different people have different physiologies. Not every some people never have children. but that's actually not so uncommon. Or some people have tremendous difficulty having children. But you have to prepare for the possibility, the distinct possibility that within you know a very short period you you might be an abba after getting married. And if you're not prepared for all that and all the ramifications, then you're not ready for marriage. That's what marriage means. There are there are for birth control. They usually they almost always have to do with the woman, not with you. We're almost like they kill the baby. What's that? We're almost like they accidentally kill the baby. That would be terrible. Yes, right. Yeah. Um, so it's around the woman's mainly her physical well being, but also potentially her emotional well being. That's why that's why rabbis are lenient. But there are very few kulas before the man has fulfilled his basic mitzvah approval which is what we just mentioned this in, in my other class girl. 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 Right. it's girl. a hello Hillel. Hillel holds what, what what boy, is boy girl to boy boy, boy 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 um we possibly like like hello but leissaissa uh you know you want to try and, there is a mitzvah right, so. Duban I was just talking about this apologies for repeating myself there's a mitzvah Dubanan Based on a pasuk in that even after you fulfilled your basic requirement, you have an obligation to keep having children. You ever notice that some of those Orthodox families? Wow, they're really big. That's because they know the halacha. The halacha. Is, <laughs> not looking at anybody in particular. Uh, they know the halacha, and the halacha is, if, insofar as you're capable and that she's capable, uh, then you continue having children. So you're not prepared for all that this might mean: dirty diapers and crying and sleepless nights and all the other all the other. That sounds like So it's also (laughs) Givaldic, it's wonderful. Remember the good stuff comes with hard work, but if you're not prepared for this, you're not prepared for wedding, usually. Yeah. What about like financially? I'm saying so like what if you can't have like you know financially you can't support. Never a factor. Never? Never a factor. You can always go to the vacation. care of the finances. Americans are all about finances, I know. It's very hard for us, because we yeah, always expect that material. You don't have that material. you all set, and, you know, it's, it, you, it's not... But Hawaqa doesn't acknowledge that. Those are, that's not, those are not grounds for birth control's. There are potential grounds for abortion. Abortion is (coughs) another topic that we're not going to do right now. But potentially there are leniencies with with abortions, but um, never financial. Um, And, which people possibly like abortion or abortion? we boy, girl. But isn't it going to change? When my I have a daughter, and then we have twin sons. And when uh, when I I told you when I, I was right across the street at Hadassah Har Hadsofim when my boys were born, and it was really quick, unexpectedly. So I thought you know, I was kicked out of the room because they're very strict in that hospital across the street, and they only have one person come down. So when somebody came to be my wife's birth coach, so they kicked me out of the room. So I thought okay, fine. And then I saw that the sun was going to rise, so I thought, oh, why not? Uh, I'll be here for the long haul because I figured this is one of those births. You know, birth takes a long time. So I, I got my tefillin shalyad on my hand, and you know the halacha that once you have this on, no speaking. Can't even answer a mei Rabbah for kaddish. So I just at that moment, our friend the birth coach peeks her nose out of the out of the door and says, "Maslovi, you had two sons." And I said, "There's no speaking." So I so I quickly. And that was the quickest tefillin shalrosh I think I've ever done uh, till till today. Got my head out, you know, to the brush. I got my mirror out. I can make sure it was all good. What do you say? Twin boys? In the middle of the bracha? Hatova And on twins, you say one bracha. Even though on an individual boy, you can also say one bracha. But on twins, it's the same bracha. On a girl, Shechiano she- she- um, And uh, yeah. Anyway, and then I said I went in. I went in and I said I said ooh, I-, I I fulfilled my obligation according to everybody because I had you know a girl and two boys. So that's according to everybody. But then of course al you have to have other kids in, as far as you're able to. That's a mitzvah de'rabbanon. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's another topic. No. I give you an I give you an overview just now birth control, but that's that's another topic. Is I mean obviously this this well, what, what, the whole notion of dating and love and marriage and all these things raises all these other fascinating subtopics, but let's well, not but get too Just this. Health, health, health reasons? Her health, I mean, not I mean, yours. I mean, her health. That I mean, yeah. That's that's I said physical, that's her true. physical well being and, and potentially less of a priority, but potentially emotional well being. The woman's emotional well being, yeah. Isn't it true that when Michelle comes we can all like make China, so we have to have two boys to fulfill the well? big mach locus. big mach locus about what life is going to be like in the days of Mashiach your question presumes Rambam Ramban wouldn't be relevant your question your question would not be relevant Ramban let's not slide there either Not a great topic but I'm not going to get into the days of Mashiach just now uh, and, and, and at, at, at which point are you uh, allowed to talk? I, uh, answer me Ishmar when, when you when you're going to um, once you said your bracha the tefillin shall look for. Oh so then you're saying? oh what I just said pertains to Ashkenazim of course. Just I mean just when you put on the tefillin You should get your tefillin Shillyad on. Right? Um Brah I don't say bracha or shrozh either. it's a pot then yeah. Put for a first you put them both on, correct. You put the on solo roshan you get the basic thing on, and then you say you say No, the hand is a minha. The hand is a minha. Vaiter, right Vaiter. Right Other recommended readings. Um... You need to know basic laws of Taras um, Mishpacha for the man. Um, there's a book by the Shulchan. It's kind of like the Mishnah but There are other books out there. All kinds of guides. If Ider has a book, I'm sure there are other books too that I'm unaware of. Um, there are... Uh, you should know that they're, what they're called the Harkakos when she's menstruating. Um, which... If she's pregnant, a well, so you don't have to worry about this. But uh, if she's not pregnant, that means she's not in Nida. Uh, but when she's in Nida, you have to not only not be with her, but you have to stay removed as a reminder. So that's why people have separate beds. That's why um, that's why you can't have cholesterol, No joking around during those during that time. And it's minimally going to be she has her um, she has her, she menstruates for five days. Uh, Minimally, even though she might menstruate less, but that's the halachic minimal, about five days. And then she counts seven clean days when everything goes according to a uh, hopeful plan. Sometimes it takes longer. Sometimes she sees spots, in which case it could go on considerably longer. During whatever that 12-day or longer period is, um, then the um, they... Uh, they don't have kadosh no, Not too much uh, joking around. They don't touch or pass things, including the baby. Have you ever been to? Um, you, have, you know, um, the the minhag at the, at, at bris is to have kvatering. Kvater, kvater, they yell right. You've been to Ashkenazi also The Yiddish term Ashkenazi birth. Kvater because the wife can't pass the baby to the husband after she's given birth. She's definitely in need It takes a while before she stops seeing blood, and and therefore they need they need intermediaries to pass the baby. Um, oh yeah. you should have a symbolic something on the table when you're eating together, you, all kinds of interesting halachas, it's all, maybe if you don't know anything that I'm talking about right now, uh, it may sound overwhelming, everything, like in all other areas of halacha, all, are, all these things are manageable and actually very beautiful because after a, after a time period of this separation when she goes to the mikveh and she comes back and you have a mitzvah of being with her that night, it's a, it's a top priority, if you're on a business trip, you people try to plan. Their- his trips around her mcfinite. So that he's back on time. That's that's what a halachic mindset does. Sometimes you're forced; you have no choice. But that's a high priority in married life um, to try to try to do so. And um, when you're reunited, people correctly describe it as like a second honeymoon. It's uh, it's an enrich it's an enrichment to the marriage. Um, so you should know this and many many other the details. The um, you should make sure you have. You cannot live if you, when you're married, you cannot live by yourselves. You need to live. In somewhere in reasonable proximity to a competent post who can pass in um, uh, spots. Can you not know look at them? Um, the, there are different ways of going about doing this, but a standard approach is like this. Yes, she will almost certainly have shyla's on whether this is a tummy spot or not a tummy spot. It happens. She's human. Sometimes she's pure, and let's say it comes up in the third day of her, of her seven clean days. So sometimes she'll see a spot and um, you know she won't know what to do and the nafkamina is maybe she needs to start counting the seven clean days again from after that, so she has to do a tara and, and start all over again or maybe not, that's a big nafkamina that affects when mikfenitis, it affects your schedule, your life, her life and if she doesn't do it and sometimes the woman, let's say when uh, women have hormonal issues when they menstruate it's not just a joke, it's actually it's quite real and um, they, they, um, Ravolbi brings this that um, women, it's known that women menstruating actually emit a, Toxin, and when they approach flowers, flowers wilt. What? Wow yeah, no. That's how it's, it's true. True. Okay, okay, Revolve brings that and his coaches for Chosonim and what is definitely true is that they experience uh, an emotional roller coaster. not everybody, but often that's the way it is sometimes what the woman with the wife wants more than anything is a bear hug from her husband exactly what she can't receive while they're, they're physically separated there's no uh, one important thing she should know all the laws of Yichud that we talked about briefly the other day don't, between, don't pertain between a husband and wife when she's in need Meaning there's no isra'i'chu, you can be alone together, but you stay separated from one another. Uh, um, during, the, during that time, what's that? It'd be crazy otherwise, I'm saying. Like the... It'd be very, it'd be hi- highly, highly. Is there ever a scenario where there's an isra'i'chu between husband and wife? In every scenario well let's say in the very beginning, the Gemara, the first character Ksubos talks about such a scenario. Yeah, it could happen. It could happen. And it happens not infrequently. Right. When, when it's, when it's, when it's, the reason is after after the wedding has been after the wedding has taken place and the marriage has been consummated um, then the, what, the, the, the expression of Chazal is They've been together, and therefore he can he can control his yitzhahara and yichud is not a concern. Prior to that, there's a certain anticipation and excitement on the wedding night, and therefore the man might not be able to control himself. Uh, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought, when there's a chupas nida, she she is in need. That under those circumstances, this happens sometimes. When there's a chupas nida, thank you. Then, they, then, then the Gemara's Lashon is Bein He sleeps. Uh, they bring in often a, a boy who's, who's uh, not too old but old enough to be able to tell stories. And he and he and, and he's there, and a the girl sleeps with the well, And they they have an escort. So there's, then there's Yichud. Then indeed there is Yichud oh, in such circumstances. And also if there's no she lost the there, like like if they lost the Kesubah, she has to get one immediately. Pronto. There are a lot of details. I don't want to. I don't want to. Uh, these are all things you can get on your own. I don't really want to focus on this area. And my very limited time left because I want to give you a lot of stuff that you won't probably not get as easily on your own. But quick, go ahead. He said no joking around. What does that mean? What's that? You said there's no joking around. There's um, Roche. Roche means so that's, that's a, a subtle point area, point it's I mean, a gray area, but um, frivolity. Uh, people who break into you can tell a joke and there's a nice laugh, but then you can tell a joke and the guys they're hysterics and they can't control themselves. More the second than the first. Hey, you Did you hear what I, yeah, I'm, trying, I, I'm trying to give it, everyone else to be very serious? No. No. I, just, I didn't make that distinction. Did you hear my distinction just now? You tell a joke and you basically break the ice and lighten the mood. That's probably okay, and that's maybe actually advisable at times. Because you don't want things to be too heavy. You want there to be shalom in the house. And sometimes a joke is exactly what's called for. But you know the joke where you tell it, and then they start, they break into uncontrollable giggles, and then there's like, a, then there's then they just getting really silly and out of hand. It's exactly that second mindset that one thing leads to the other, and they lose control. And that's why, that's why they say, no, that's inappropriate. That much you shouldn't do. Um, you know, a warm, loving, affectionate, by verbally affectionate atmosphere, that's for sure always, always... Always a good thing, but not not when you lose control. Um, There is a Gemara that I don't think is relevant to be learned before this, but when you're about to get married, I I encourage you to look at the Gemara Nidarim Chaf Amud Aleph in base. You'll know what I'm talking about when you look it up then. It gives you certain um, important ideas about what your mindset should be as you approach intimacy. Classes you could attend given by tap It's a really good idea to hang out with Tamanich e HaChamid. Does anybody know this? There is a halacha in Hilchus Deus. It's in the sixth chapter. You'd find it. It's uh, uh, halacha, uh, I think it's um, Vav. Uh, yeah, a uh, sixth chapter, halacha Aleph and Base, in which um, Rambam points out to us what Chazal teaches that you must be around Siddiqui and Tamanich e given the fact that we're all influenced by our society and people around us. And here is a great illustration. This topic is so important. How do you? You can't be married in a bubble. You can't be removed. You have to be near somebody who can pass in your, your, your wife's blood spots. Uh, and you got to be near people that can help you and guide you when you, when you have problems. Um, right. And, and, and um, uh, towards that end, especially if you live in a place like Yushalayim or Kodesh, there are actually classes given by top-level uh, Rabunin who teach about these matters, that uh, young husbands attend these classes and their lives are enriched forever as a result of that. Um, Kavanos and basic parameters and what you can and can't do hussein. and it's an, it's it's a Hassan class but it's something that I I'm, I'm giving over a lot but there's certain things that even we here it's not quite appropriate yet for me to get into and you can understand why uh, hopefully um, but you, yeah, there's a time in life when you might want to know these these things there are books out there too people usually learn this before the one or after um, often before but often there are things that come up in the course of married life that are, it's really helpful to be able to ask try, you know because before the the wedding, it's all theoretical. When you're married, you actually come with lots of questions. And it's not quite what I read in the book. And how does this work, Rabbi? I'll give you one shot. I, I will share one Shiloh with you from somebody somebody recently from uh who I'm close to before and after he got married and, and something that he had. But first, a question from Moshe. Go quick. Uh, is, are you a Latin ask in uh, Bugs' for your wife? Let's say he took- Potentially yes. If you, if you really knew the sukya, yeah. If you really knew the sukkah and you, you felt that you you, know, you did it with your shemaim, and sometimes they're really objectively clear, then yes, it's a, it's a technical shilu. You can put, you can pass in kashrus too. If you know, if you know your stuff. But this is something that you have. Like- yeah, fair enough. The story was he came to me recently. like it was like a week or two into the marriage, and he had this. Fo- he had the following problem. I think I this came up in one of the classes early in the year. Apologies for those people who I repeat myself to, but I don't really mind repeating myself. these kinds of stories are really good to hear more than once. He said um, his problem is like this: he's married, and he really loves his wife, and. Um, in matters of privacy, things are really, really wonderful, and he feels really guilty. I don't get that. I know. I'm being deliberately coy about the way I'm presenting it. Meaning, what's happening? All—he's a from guy. All of his life, he was trained to think that this whole area is the dark side. All everything associated with the Etahara is bad and ugly and negative. Finally, he's married. And finally this is the opportunity you this is all, not only mutter, it's a mitzvah. It's, it's what you're supposed to do. And it turns out she's terrific and he loves her and she's a wonderful person and they have a great time together and he feels really guilty and he doesn't oh, know what to do with those feelings. God. Because he's enjoying it. He's, can, you, can you appreciate the mindset? Yeah. He's, he's a good boy. He knows what's right, what's wrong and he's trained himself to associate this whole area of life with evil, bad, don't go there. And the now previous, he's going there this, and he's enjoying it. What was his previous assumption? Is that like Kabbalistic? Okay. No, it just, it, 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 it happened. No idea about this. He he understands it's something irrational, but that's what he's feeling. So this is my, this is my. You want to leave now? Okay, prerogative. Um, The uh, so I said, I said like this. I quoted the maharal. I said, I said it's true that we have that association. Oh, this did come up recently. I I quoted this idea that um, the only thing that's negative and nasty about this area of life is when we use it for bad things, for sin, for Yetzirah But when you're channeling it towards good, it was a Kaddish Baruch who planted those good feelings in you. He wants you to love your wife. He wants you to enjoy yourself with her. He wants you to fulfill the mitzvah pruvu. There's a second mitzvah in marriage. There's pruvu multiplying. What's the second mitzvah? You should know this too. You're supposed to give her. It's called ona. And there's a mitzvah for the man to satisfy his wife. Chocolate. Right? Chocolate. It's not... Chocolate. No. no well... Rabbi is Eventually. It yeah. be. No, it's not really. Joking aside, Ona is New fat- New satisfying her. Make an important note here. It's not mutual. She has no that satisfying us, which is interesting. I think let assumed that that's not automatic. That's a given. Right. We're, we're, as we say, easy customers. We're set. We're set. The way Kaddish Baruch makes us physiologically, they're not... Okay. Make a make a note of this. Women are not set. I mean, not set. As a general rule, some less than others. But as a general rule, women have a harder area in physicality for the following reasons. Reasonably so. They don't feel completely trusted, and they don't feel trust, and they don't feel completely loved. They're insecure, and in that tension, it's hard for them to relax and give themselves over to their husbands, and therefore, um, it's hard for them to enjoy this area physically. Therefore, Ona, the definition of Ona is you must satisfy her physically, which is about 1% of the way. 99% of the mitzvah is all the emotional stuff. That's really what I want to elaborate on. If you can help her make make her feel loved, trusted, you, she is, you're there for her, she will relax, and the physical satisfaction that she feels will be the reflection of the fact that the emotional, spiritual piece is said. Is, 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 is in a good place and that's going to take some work but that's the second obligation that you have when you have that and you're working on your marriage and you're really trying as best you can to look at your wife as a human being and forgiving her for her, short, for her shortcomings and there'll be plenty of shortcomings and establishing a working relationship with her when you're investing yourself, yourself cutter Baruch who gave you a, the, the, the gift of marriage and all those wonderful feelings and part of the wonderful feelings are actually very physical but he said that's the reward that's a Akkadosh Baruch saying you're doing a great job and I love you for doing it and that's my that, those are never is there a physical reward in this world that's there for it's own purposes it's there to encourage you to keep doing more of the same that's why that's, that's why a put in the world and therefore you don't, have to, you don't have to feel guilty you should see it as a sign of encouragement keep up the good work that's the reason why I put it in the world doesn't it make sense that way why would a Kudosh Baruch give you all those great feelings? It's not there for you to indulge your taivas. That's true. That's purposeless. That's what it's in it is, like a global amusement park? It's just here for me to get my kicks? Can't be. So let's say he didn't He's make there it. because yeah. he knows otherwise that marital <laughs> dyad is a fraught one. It's a very tricky one because you're bringing two opposites together, and you're telling them make a life, have a family, have kids, endure hardship together, and try to do that with Shalom Bayis. So he tries to give us some, some perks. He gives us help, and some of, the, some of the help is the physiological sensations, the physical reality. As we're saying, yeah, you're doing well. It's good. Keep keep up. Keep keep going. Doesn't it make sense? Yeah, it does. World, you have to look deeply. Like Chazal understood. Everything, every single detail of our lives is here for a purpose. Everything makes sense. It all comes together. It's amazing to me. This, to me, is so sensible, so reasonable. And, you know, what do the masses out there do with this? They completely have it twisted, no? They have it corrupted. It's all for my gratification. Never. So, um... Learn, ask questions. Make sure you have people you can consu- you can confide in. Um, I mentioned about the ceremony. I'm, I'm passing over this. These are technical things. So you could find them out. Avoid conspicuous consumption. Avoid making promises you can't keep. Um, the in one instance, Rev. Willing told this story of a Kallah's family that had a hard time. They made promises for a certain standard of wedding. They had a hard time making and meeting the financial obligations. They borrowed money from the Chassan's family to be able to afford the wedding hall and they couldn't pay it back and the end result was the, there was such tension and, and, and conflict that broke out that the Hassan and the wound up getting a divorce God. that's that kind of says it all doesn't it right in other words well, these are people who have it completely backwards don't get to the point where you're borrowing money to, 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 to sabotage the marriage that is not, not the point um Oh, I forgot. I have a—it's eh, nothing. I have a little marriage guide. We, We—I mean—we come from non from backgrounds. So we wrote up a whole marriage guide that we gave out to people at the wedding. They understood what was going on. Our family we got married. We slept everybody that could come over to Eretz Israel and got married right across the street. Most gorgeous place doesn't exist anymore. Looking at the Harabais and the sunset, uh, the summer evening, and um, and they anticipated coming. They didn't know what Orthodox was. They didn't know what they—they what do at the wedding. They—they they, they assumed because their most of our family, their experience of religious life was some. You know, glum sermon that a rabbi drones on for hours and hours, and that must be what they do at an orthodox wedding. they were absolutely knocked out they couldn 't believe what they saw the simcha the un- undiluted uh, you know, joy, people dancing, Kala, the beauty of the of the wedding is fantastic it 's great to we wrote a whole whole thing about it it 's great. Um, we just recently, uh, we, we don't have movies, we don't do this, but we decided uh, we asked Shiloh, we, we, we have a video of it, so we showed, we showed the video to our kids, they loved it, it was a nice wedding. Leanna, um, anyway, the, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, what'd you show, them, what'd you show the video on? I have a computer, <laughs> and I've it, with the, in a filter that even blocks me from getting to my own website, good filter, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, you know, I have my website, right? Menasheblawes. If you want my share it's up there. Okay, um, what's the mitzvah of the mitzvahs in the Torah that underscores marriage? We've said it already. We talked about it. What, a bit. what is the mitzvah that underscores everything that marriage is about? Shalom Shabbai is huge. It's bigger. Prove what we talked about. Own is a big mitzvah. you've got to satisfy the woman what else but there's something bigger yeah, you, her, you have to support your wife to support your wife that's 100% true we'll talk about the technical obligations you have towards mother? her <laughs> <laughs> Tuba is important in case she can't be married without the tuba. Why, did, well, why is your marriage, yeah. to right. you marriage to become closer to God right you use using marriage to become closer to God yeah. and how do you do that the mitzvah is called Rabbi Kiva calls it the Klaul Gadol B'tayra history people yeah. we just learned this yeah, yeah. Yeah. your primary object of love has to be your spouse you to your wife and she to her husband that's the mitzvah that's the mitzvah more than anybody else and I, I maybe this all sounds really obvious but I, I really hit this one hard because um, most people think of loving your neighbors yourself as being nice to the guy in the street who you've never met before because that feels more like the mitzvah doesn't it or like when you go to a hospital and you visit sick people doesn't that feel much more like the big mitzvah whereas being it's easier because it's a stranger there's no connection it's 100% shy very good insight right it's harder to love the people that are closest to you that's why we tend to neglect them most and of all those relationships, the relationships that's most neglected, most overlooked is the spousal relationship. It's one of the reasons why it's in trouble. That we take it for granted, we assume, oh well, it's my wife, it's, it's there automatically. No, no, no. This is the one that it's going to be the hardest relationship. It requires constant nurturing. You got to do something proactively as best you can. The after the to the point that Rabbeinu Bachi, one of the great Rishonim on the on the Chumash, says that he brings down the the kamocha. It's usher to divorce your wife. Mishum be after <laughs> no wait that can't be right but he says it's he's trying to make a point that divorce is the last possible recourse there's nothing that shouldn't be a divorce if you're really working on yourself if you're really trying to love her as much as you love yourself you will never come to divorce and many acknowledges obviously there's a called kintin out there that acknowledges there's a category called divorce it sometimes happens tragically um, this is the ultimate test case of how you are in the world what, what does this mean? Um, but, you know, how are you? Are you really somebody who's a good guy? Are you really somebody who people love? Do you know that they're great philanthropists who are lousy to their wives? It's a really common. Uh, it's a common psychological disorder because um, you know it's back to Shaya's insight. You know, it's so easy to be nice to the world. Really hard to be nice to the people who are closest to us. But if Chaim Vital, the, the great students of the Rizal and a great kabbalist in his own right teaches midos of adam, a man's midos, nimdados ach lefi yachso el ishto. Exclusively based on the way he relates to his wife. Heavy idea. Um, he says, bali chesed, who neglect or abuse their wives, get this much credit for their chesed. It's all hypocrisy. I'm thinking of the great, there was a really famous story of this beloved philanthropist from a certain big American city in, in which everybody loved him, he was on all the plaques and the honors and everything like that and then he was arrested for almost killing his wife Nice. I would say you're only as strong as your weakest link you're, you're oh, that's interesting insight, yeah the, 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 right, the, right, because Rav Vital says it was all a show, it's all hypocrisy you don't really love people, if you can't deal with the one relationship that's the primary relationship, it's the hardest relationship then you you're obviously it was all a show I recommend one of the books that I recommend if you get your hands on it, and if you don't know how, let me be in touch with me, and I'll get you a copy. Um, It's this little country that I refer to, Revolby. Fantastic. Uh, it's got a lot of intimate stuff in there, but it's also just good, sound, sober information. He it, he opens up with the, I think it's, I don't know if it's a real conversation or imagines conversations that a rabbi has with students. And I'm going I mean, to, I have to summarize it. It's fantastic. It's a fantastic <laughs> little piece. The rabbi asks the chassan, the, the young, the young uh, groom, before he gets married, what is the common basis a man and woman should seek in building their home together? It's a different question than the question I asked you a couple minutes ago. I'm changing the subject. What is the common basis that a man and woman should have in building their home together. This is how he opens up his country. Children, Children, you think, certainly a foundation of a home, but no, he doesn't get to that. So the Hassan answers love and mutual understanding. Good answer. Reasonable answer, right? Stereotypical. The ricky says, I thought you'd say that. He said, "No, but let me be. Uh, allow me to be a little sober and to blast your uh, youthful delusions." He says, "You think that everything's based on love and mutual understanding? You're in for a. You're in for a big, big disillusionment. Disillusion. Love comes and goes. We talked about like, like, like so many ice That's cream flavors. Right, right, right." And he quotes it. he quotes the Chasam What they call love, we call. Uh, they call. They, we, we call. What they call love, we call kares. Um, she's also he says, he says if you're based on this idea of love and mutual, understand, mutual understanding you won't get your wife she will perplex you she will you will say hi honey how was your day I want to hear about your day and she will sometimes respond I can't believe you think to me like that in my room in tears and you make that face everybody look at R.A. right now <laughs> no you lost it you lost it you had the face that's a great job what what? What? They are different people. They're not from the same planet. They will do that sometimes. They will they will confound you. They work differently. Their emotional makeup is different. Their psyche is different. And it's not it will not be the first time. Right? So the the the, the, the Rebbe piles it on. He says, "Love, love comes and goes. Mutual understanding. You will not understand this creature. She will confound you. Just say the most brilliant men can't figure out their wives what makes them tick. So the the hasan then has a great line. He, he says, he says. Atama you're scaring me, Rebbe. Uh, uh, so the Rebbe quotes Kohelis. Another puzzle from Kohelis, Ecclesiastes. He says, Tov lagever. <laughs> he says, This is the foundation upon which you should build your home. Tov lagever <laughs> kiisa ol minu'ura. It's good for a man that he should carry the burden from his youth. What is the old, old manurah? What is what is what is that? What is the burden from <coughs> comes the medrash and Kuhal- Stop that. Comes the medrash and, and says, "Old Isha, the bur- the burden of your wife." What is that? Mean? The Rebbe elaborates. He says, "Your wife is your burden. She is a pain. <laughs> Accept it, and you'll have a wonderful marriage." What does this mean? isn't that great oh, <laughs> oh, terrible. Yeah. it's terrible it's <laughs> <one's> fantastic <laughs> who said this? <that list>? Revolbi <laughs> mm. Revolbi quoting the Medrash in Kohelis Rabba Kohelis, Shlomo Mila, the smartest of men if you approach your marriage, let me, uh, I'll put on in a yeah, second. Let, let me explain, if you approach your marriage at like all the fairy tales, like all the Western love songs, you're going to now live happily ever after, you're effectively being a Western narcissist. Who is, who is narcissist? Who's the guy who fell in love with his reflection in the water and fell in and drowned? We are all narcissistic beyond ways we even realize. We're so self-absorbed. We're all in it for our own kicks. And, and, and even good, nice Torah, B'nei Torah, you know, good guys, Menchi people and everything, yeah, we're really selfish. And we really want the marriage to work out because we really want our marriage to work out. And we're really doing it for ourselves. And when you expect that level of gratification in your marriage, you're almost always going to be in for a letdown. If you go into your marriage with the opposite expectation, this is a burden and I'm going to have to carry it. Um, Ironically, and in in almost a backwards kind of a way, the good stuff winds up coming out. It means that you're you're prepared for the hardship. You're prepared for the misunderstandings and the difficulties that she'll present present to you. When they happen then, you're going to weather them so much more gracefully. You'll have much more tactful responses and much more calm, patient, understanding answers when you're in arguments with her. And she will reward you a hundredfold. See, this is the way it is. Women don't really believe their husbands love them because most of the time their husbands don't. Um, it, the way we're made up, and I started talking about this and we talked about the the uh, this Kabbalistic understanding. Men physiologically are made to conquer worlds. So once you conquer one woman, on some level the man is ready to get rid of her and conquer the next woman. We talked about that, right? So as a result of that, we don't really like to be tied down. So you prepare for that idea and you say, but no, real marriage, real love is the long term. It's out the vino and Sarimeno, 100 years down the line. And this is one of those projects I'm going to have to invest in and work on. Since that's essentially us overco- overcoming our animalistic baser nature, trying to become the better self that we can be. Stay yeah, those of you who are nodding off, get this idea. It's such an important idea. If you overcome that essential animalism that it is to be a man, that it's always been to a man, and we're no better than, than our ancestors were in this, if we overcome that, then we start giving and being more giving to our wives, being more thoughtful to our wives. They will repay us a hundredfold. See, the women are made in such a way; their nature is to give. They want to give, but they want to give to somebody who appreciates it. She'll be delighted to make you a seven-course meal bend over backwards, crush the grapes with her toes. She she'll do anything for you if she knows that you appreciate it. But who are men? Who How are we made? She'll slave over this plate of food. We walk in, you know, tired and hungry and distracted with our own nonsense. We wolf down the food on the plate without even noticing what went into it. And then we move on without any appreciation. She feels abused. She feels completely neglected and not cared for. That's usually a recipe for disaster. If, the, if you go into marriage you knowing I'm, I'm going to have to go against my nature, go against my inclinations and, my, and my, my intuitions, and really pay attention to this person who I've married, and give to her, and so invest weird. in her. No? And then, and then she'll pay you back, and you'll have a good marriage. I, I, uh, we started it's like something, a game. We started something. I built it in. I just find it really helpful. We go on nightly walks. Except when we can't, but almost every night we go on nightly walks. It's great. It's it's good. It's good. It's good exercise. But I'm doing it for for the marriage. It's not something I would come to on my own. I would not have thought that I would go on nightly walk with my wife. Most men wouldn't. But I know my wife. My wife is able to talk about her day. She has quite a day. She puts in, and she deserves it. She deserves some attention. I should. Appre- I I learned to appreciate her more. Right, that that involves something. To go against yourself, your, your innate selfishness. That's, I think, what Revol trying to give over. That's the old minura, the the yoke of his birth, of his youth. The yoke of the youth is that you know, a young. young course, he's selfish. He's a jerk, right? But you, you work on that, and you invest, and you develop. You, you treat her like a human being, and and, and your marriage works. Uh, when you said something like, you the, the take something. Uh... Uh, the, the wife can take something, uh, speak um, louder so everybody can hear you the wife can take something small just a little bit of attention and love you can take the opinion you know, a Like I heard this concept once that it's sort of, it's um it's physiologically how the woman can take something small like the seed and, make it, and throw it into a human being. We talked about this, like, in, the, in, this in that share that I gave. I was exactly that point that we talked about. I think you might have been there too. By the Sutta de nukfa that the woman's nature and who was there for that? The woman is there. Her physiological nature is to take a small spark and to nurture the seed. Yeah. That is this. It. It's a Kabbalistic idea. It's 100%. 100%. It's the way a made us. You got it. Okay. I'll elaborate then I'll elaborate the male I, I started with I mean, it's a great Russia I'm going to do it in justice but the male the like Gemara and Sota says what's the difference between an Ish and an Isha? If you don't know this, get this. It's fantastic. It's so deep. What's the difference between an Isha and an Isha? Very little. The only difference is Ish in the man and the He in the woman. Because the Ish is embodied by the Yud and the Isha is embodied by the He. How so? The man is the Yud. Yud is ten. It's perfection. It's a minion. It's the Ten Commandments. It's the Ten Plagues. It's the number of wholeness. It's the, divine, it's the divine spark. It's manifest in the smallest possible little dot of a Yud. It's the smallest letter and it reflects. Our ability to have to give seed—it's like the—it's like the seed that the man has uniquely. What is a hay? A hay is a combination of two letters. What are the two letters in a, in a classic hay? You see this? Look, look here. What is it? What is the hay? It's a dolid. It's a dolid with a yud in the middle. The dalid is actually two letters in itself. I didn't even make the the dalid correct. It's two bubs, which represent. The four corners of this world. It's this world. Dalit is the four rivers. There are four rivers coming out of Gan Eden. And then there are four directions in this world. The woman is this world. She's very much grounded in this world. Her job, her duties are very much physical. She, nurtures, she has babies. She nurtures the babies. They're very physically or She is the house. She's called the Ba'is in Chazal. And she takes the male yud, the seed, in her womb, and she nurtures it for a new life. And this goes so much deeper than just this nice drusha, because what you see in everything that we do, women are bereft without the yud. They're not even themselves. Right, they're adrift. They're just physical beings. That's why we have this the stereotype of the old maid in the world who's dried up and shriveled her womb. She, she's counting her bio, biological clock because it's 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 expiring. And the, and the, this sad image even in the secular culture of the woman who never who never is able to get married and have children. Conversely, a woman who reaches her existential state, she's a mother. When you see a woman pregnant, you see a woman with her baby. There's something of complete bliss about her. She she radiates. She glows when she's when she's nursing her baby. She she has somebody. She's, by definition, somebody who nurtures, who gives. She has a baby to nurture. That was all dependent on the yod of the man. The man, conversely, is, is, is completely adrift without the woman. He's a wild seed, literally planting a seed in every which way that he can. That's why men are so profligate. They like to, they like to conquer lots of different women because they have this built-in need to conquer planets, to conquer the world, and to spread their seed around. They don't realize that they're only... But the seed is lost. Spilt. What happens to spilt Spilt seed. It becomes worse even in this world. It becomes a deep demonic force. Remember the whole—I the, went this whole thing about the Minagi Yushalayim at the funerals, yeah. right? Right? Yeah, they hold back because the seed is out there. It's a it, careful that uh, scary stuff. Anyway, it, it becomes a, it becomes a force of divinity that's unleashed and powerful and destructive. But when it's nurtured in a woman, it becomes the full hay. And, and of course, together when you take the yud of the male and the hay of the female, what do you have? Ka? Hashem's name. You have, you have a Kodesh Baruch Hu's holiness in the marriage, which of course is, it can only be there when you have Torah to nurture the marriage, these are not natural ideas, you're not going to come to this naturally by yourself so you have Torah, you're living with Torah, you're living with all these ideas, so you have, you have Torah in the marriage you take the yud and the hay out of the, the male female names, what are you left with? a fire, and all consuming it's cauldron, it burns itself up okay, and that, that's that, these are the ideas and many, many others, this is a quick quick uh, rebriefing of, of, of some of these ideas, um the chassan asks, "How much? What does that mean? Who has to invest in the marriage, the man or the woman?" Right, you'd think, but no. Rivoldi says, "He says it's hundred percent your job. Don't expect her to do anything." And the answer is, and, and it's the same point. He says, "If you invest as if you don't expect a thing from her, you, it's your job to make this marriage work. It'll always work." It'll never fail because she is, and as we said, she's disposed, she's created to be the nurturer. You do your job, she'll pay you back a, a million and you'll, you'll have a working marriage. Most men don't bother. Most women then are deeply, deeply angry and frustrated. Often women fly off the handle at their husbands and they'll say, and the husbands will say something that will set them off and it's irrational when they go off. Can you picture this scene? It's such a common scene where the woman blows up at the husband and he did nothing wrong ostensibly. So what's really going on, she can't pinpoint it, but really she, he's disappointed her so profoundly and she doesn't know how to react, she doesn't have the vocabulary she, doesn't, she hasn't learned a lot of the time Revolvi's kuntris, uh, so she doesn't know what's really going on with it, and what she's really expressing to him and he's got to read between the lines, is that you've let me down as a human being you haven't really made me feel loved and nurtured as a person and I need your love and nurture, go look at, at Chava's curse Chava's curse is she's going to be subordinate to her husband and need the encouragement Of her husband, and it's more than just Chava's curse. You know, think about classic traditional roles. Men are out there in the world. We're learning taira. We have careers potentially. We're out going about doing things. Based on probability, we're going to get a lot of ego boosters in the course of our days. We have more chance for you know positive feedback for people. We're out there. We see. We go. A woman, let's say, especially during the difficult child bearing and rearing years, you know. It's not like the baby looks back up at her mother and says, thank you so much for changing your diaper. It was really uncomfortable before. Right? She gets very little positive feedback. If her husband's not there to appreciate all of her efforts, who is going to? So she technically really does depend on him. If he takes upon this job as a burden, as his job, um, again, she'll pay him back multiply. So then the Hassan asks, does that mean that the husband becomes essentially his wife's doormat? Are you the woman's doormat? She then walks all over you because you're all you're the one who's giving. You're 100 responsible. So, so you know, she you know she's the domineering uh, wife. Is that that's the scenario. Well, she's going to give back automatically. Mm-hmm. That's what he See, says. That's their nature. That's not Yeah, their nature yeah, yeah, right. He, well, said, he um, says uh, the man. The Revolby says the man is the posek in the family. Man should make requests when he has requests. Um, she usually wants to know the kind of food that you prefer. She wants to please you. She wants you to be happy. No best spoken. Right? Um, right? And, and, um... Right. When she's angry, she's wounded, and she's gonna, she's gonna get him for this. Um, yeah. So, when, when you're actually doing the act, so that, maybe this could be... interesting. Yes. Yeah. So when you're, part of the reason could be the same idea. Right? I think so. She's gonna want to please you. Right. You have, you... Men, on the other hand, were men. You know what it is in giving? Do you know how profoundly unsatisfying taking is? Men who are selfish, take. Or people, women, too, for that matter. People who take, at the end of the taking, you feel nauseous. Whatever you're doing. In the matters of intimacy, but not just. If you just are there as, as, as consumers in the world, you feel you know a night of profligate behavior. People wake up and they look in the mirror and they want to throw up. They they, they feel disgusted themselves because they know we're created with we're capable of so much more. Really, our, our our innate our innate state is to give, and when we give we feel so much more happy. And it matters. I don't really want to get into too many detail, details details of intimacy. You'll learn this when it becomes more relevant closer to the date. But uh, but I will make the following observation. Um, intimacy is not satisfying when you're only taking. It. Conversely, when there's a giving innate built into the intimacy, when she really, when he's fulfilling the mithub of Ona and she feels grateful, and again, I said 99% it's emotional. It has nothing to do with the marital bedroom. It has everything to do with their, your general relationship, which is what we're focusing on now. When she has that, she'll be then physically gratified, and there's nothing better feeling for the man. The man will be there, will be more satisfied than any other physical Ill, uh, sensation he could possibly have. That makes sense. That last point. Yeah. It, no. Okay. Um, <clears throat> what are the obligations? Technically, here's 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 how it goes. Um, every relationship. I mean, in Judaism, it's not about happiness. We don't care about happiness. Happiness is an obligation. It's not something you. The, the Western world posits happiness is something you wait passively for. You know, like a movie critic or a restaurant critic. You know, how was dinner tonight? Well, we gave it a three point five. I don't care. That's not, that's not the way of the world. The way, the way that we understand it is I have obligations. I, I owe my parents, I owe my kids, I owe my wife. Everybody, I owe things. So that's, that's the way Chazal put it to it as well. Um, the man, this is brought down the Shulchan Aruch, owes the following. He has to give food to his wife. Uh, he has to provide her with clothing, with the mitzvah of Ona that we've talked about. Look at the toast, toast that many of us saw. <coughs> Gimel, Amadol, Olive at the bottom. Remember the things he has to give her, and that's why. Remember this, the Mishnah? Try okay. right, the things. How come, how come that ain't on only with the woman? Right? It's She'er, it's, is, Xus, and Ona. Right? So he owes these things to his wife, but more than just those things. What so, are those three words? <ălingen> She'er, Xus, and Ona. Uh, uh, go Look at the toastfuls. He brings it down. Uh, Gimela, Gimela, the last sauce on the bottom I of giving the Imakos. What do they mean? Food, holding. Basic sustenance, her cover, what she needs to cover herself with, and, and Ona, which we defined earlier today. Um, he owns her, he has to pay her, her, her main ksuba. If she's sick, he has to pay her medical bills. He's obligated by law. Um, if she's captive, she, he has to redeem her. If she dies, he has to bury her. Technically, those are her, his halakhic obligations to her. What does she owe him? You're going to like this. Uh, subos. No, no, quite a lot Everybody has obligations That's the way we focus on it in life nobody has, nobody has rights Everybody has obligations I'll repeat that if you want I'll send it to you if you want I can send it You send me an email I'll turn this around to you If you want It's better for you to take notes Don't let that Because taking notes is the best You should always take notes You're so much smarter for doing that You take in so many more ideas You don't fall asleep in the middle of the year um, she owes us the following. My dad, She works its hours. You remember? I told you about my love song, no? I, I, you know, because we got married, but all this stuff was a little heavy from our Western background, and I, I had a romantic side to me, so I, I sang a, a love song to my wife. It went a little. And some of you don't know it, it. went a little something like this: Baby, you're mine. I own ya Everything you find, I keep. Um, <laughs> so that's what it is. She yeah, owes Maisie Adeha. Her job, she pays it. She gives him the, the proceeds. Um, if she finds money on the floor, that's mine, sweetheart. Thanks very much. <laughs> um, <laughs> Natural. if she has if she has fruit from her land right the, the, but what is that called Nixay yeah. Nixay yeah, like, Maluk good <laughs> <laughs> this something else right uh, good good you know the sugyet okay um, she Yirushose, she inherits money that's mine sweetheart thanks very much um, seriously uh huh uh huh all negotiable all negotiations. <laughs> <laughs> <All negotiable. laughs> Mara describes something that's very commonality <laughs> where a woman is financially vi- she has a financially viable existence <laughs> they can they can uh-huh. She can keep her money, and he can keep his, his separate bank accounts, and he doesn't have to pay her food either. It was all these things negotiable. Well, the bottom line is shalom bias There should be no resentment from either party to the other. But this, but in a, in a general working situation, these are the basic obligations. Um, she the Mishnah in Subos goes on, she must grind, assuming that most flour, most of the time, they, they brought the wheat in raw from the field. She had to grind the flour. She had to bake. She had to launder. Um, she cooks. She has to nurse. That's her obligation to her husband, is to nurse the babies. Um, she has to make the bed. Um, she has to sew if the sewing is relevant. And if she's wealthy, and she can afford she can afford servants who do all of the above, um, she has to do all of those anyway. Because... Um, Boredom brings about sin. Yes. Yeah, brings about sin. So she has to do all these things for her husband. But the, could the husband do any of them if he wanted to? Yes, all is negotiable. For the case of shalom bias is, is the is the determinant. Shalom bias, by the way, is an overused term. It's not if you're nice to your parents, that's great, right, and that's al the aim. But it's not shalom bias. If you you know try to avoid arguments with your siblings, that's nice too. But that's not shalom bias. Shalom bias is the halachic technical term for what goes on between husband and wife for the record and it's huge and as we've talked about before it's entirely fraught we just learned yesterday of another couple getting divorced um, it's increasingly common in the in the um, in the orthodox world in the from world because the more it happens the more it happens it becomes less stigmatized the more it happens the more it happens no yeah. think about it <laughs> it's possible yeah, I right what you're saying. it just sounds fun it is but uh, that's, 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 it's, that's, a that's the it's a snowball effect exactly All right, I can't, isn't it possible to uh, reverse it stigmatize it. What do you think I'm standing here for? Society. I could be home now, eating with my wife right now, but but Rabbi Subantushan was in the States. I thought, okay, I'll give her my my marriage report. Maybe I can make a difference. Uh. Um, Okay, tomorrow I'm starting starting with something really profound, but I, I need a little bit of time to develop it. It's really good. So um, we'll pick up, oh, oh, but you know what I'll do? Let's do, let's do, no, we're continuing on, on the same things. Uh, let me give you a real-life Shiloh, uh, rebalancing shilas. Somebody writes, and we'll, we'll close with tonight with this, my wife and my mother do not get along at all, he writes. True story. I took out all the names, but these are real Shilohs that were asked. My wife is a very strong person and very opinionated and says that she, it's so interesting to hear the theory, but it's a totally different world when you get to real people. So, she says that she tries to get along with my mother, but she's given up. Today, my mother called her, and my wife hung up the phone. It's very uncomfortable to know my wife and my mom just don't like each other. My wife doesn't want to talk to her. On the other hand, my mother apologizes to my wife every time that they have an argument, and she tries to get along. My wife doesn't want to come with me to go visit my parents. My mother called her before Yom Kippur, and my wife didn't take the call. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> <Moscow>. <laughs> um you know the Pasuk in, in embraces, what does it say? Al Yazov Ish Es Avives Imam. Man leaves his parents and clings to his wife. Yeah. The Pasuk says. Your primary i is before reading, this before I reading rebalance answer, oh, but your well, primary obligation life, right? you have to keep it out of aim and there's a way of trying okay. to navigate this this minefield. But you have to honor your mother, but your primary loyalty is to your wife. You have to defend your wife if your parents criticize her. All the more even more so wife to husband this scenario has to, to be husband to wife you're right all the more so wife to husband yeah sure um, for balance and response I think that the best thing to do would be to have your wife speak to either a Rav or, or a Revitzen about the matter she has to because you know he's too involved obviously and, and Shalom Bayis now is maybe an issue she, your wife has to understand that while your mother doesn't have to be your best friend she does have to have a minimal, you know that there's a Rabanah Mitzvah honoring your, your in-laws really like and and rebalance says, you yeah. have she has to have some minimal relationship with, with your mother. You um, <coughs> and then rebalance and emphasizes as far as your obligations go, your main obligation is to your wife, and you have to be careful that she understands how much you love and respect her. Um, close, and now a later correspondence, the man writes back and he writes, I guess he's screaming. Because he writes in capital letters, that means screaming, right? Oh, he took the time to click the caps lock. Yeah, he's the Yeah, the caps. Okay, so he says it's very hard for me to love someone after I just heard her heard that she told my mother over the phone that she hates her. How do I ignore that? It's a heavy, heavy question. She sounds crazy. Murder is an option. How? <laughs> yeah. Hey, so, what do you answer? says, is very, 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 very smooth. So he says, first realize some people say things they don't mean when they're upset. Okay? Don't take it at face value. Um, sometimes they say things when they've been hurt by somebody else that they don't mean. Maybe um, your mother didn't like her when she was a kid. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I probably don't blame the mother. You have to appreciate the way your wife perceives it, get down to her feeling on the subject. Um, and realize she's probably been hurt by your mother, um, you should think of all the good things that your wife does for you and realize how much you owe your wife. Um, that's what I'm going to talk about tomorrow. It's profound and critical to a good marriage. Um, if about that, like way, that way you, you can keep loving her to. and telling her that. It would be bad if she were, to think, she were to think that you're taking your mother's side, which honestly, in the short way he phrases the question, it's really obvious that the man's on his mother's side, not the wife's side. And one wonders if part of her hatred for mother-in-law is really concealing what she feels for her husband, taking his mother's side. I don't know if you feel that, that's the way I perceive it. Yeah, um, yeah. and then he concludes, he says, try to convince your wife to speak to somebody else about this as best you can. Realize it's true. Thank you, yeah. Ernie.